is Jimmy Scroggins, and I'm the lead pastor of Family Church in South Florida. Welcome to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. On our podcast, we're committed to giving you scalable ideas that you can use with the resources you have right now at your church. So welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. I'm here as always in studio with my co-host, Leslie Bennett, and today we're talking about how to prepare your church for a recession. Oh, that sounds encouraging. Yeah. We all know it's not always fun and games when you're leading a church or a ministry. It can be a lot of hard work, and I'm sure glad we have some people on our team who are dedicated to thinking about the future and planning for the future, no matter what happens. Yeah, I'm glad of that too. And today we're going to talk with two of the best in the business. These guys know that managing church finances is more of an art than a science, and they're going to share with our listeners some tips and some ideas on how to weather financial storms and economic uncertainty that are bound to come at some point. So right now we're just going to turn it over to Scott Crawford and John Fix, who will introduce themselves, and they'll present their breakout from this year's Church for the Rest of Us conference. Yeah, thanks, Pastor. Yeah, today we're talking about uh, economic uncertainty. And so, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the last few years about whether or not we've actually been in a recession. And so for the record, uh, Forbes defines a recession as a prolonged period of an economic downturn that is both widespread and significant. So whether we are or are not in a recession, that's for the pros to, to figure out. So but it does impact what we're talking about today because it does lead to it is a component of economic uncertainty and different organizations define that slightly different so what we're talking about today uh, we're going to generalize it a little a little further and so you know as we talk about that John it's kind of hard to believe that 3 years later we're still talking about the fallout from covid yeah it really is scott it it's hard to believe three years ago this this all started, and yet we're still experiencing a lot of that fallout. You know, at, at Family Church, we're still seeing supply chain issues, shipping delays on materials, equipment, tech gear coming six months past when we, we thought it was going to arrive, and and those challenges continue. You know, even thirty six months later, you know, and but we're still seeing record setting uh, inflation. It's still impacting the cost of goods and services. Good news is uh, it's it's down about 5%, but it's still about four times higher than it was pre-COVID. Yeah, you're right. You, we don't actually need an update from Forbes or the Federal Reserve to know that many of the normal household things that, you know, that we buy just cost a lot more now. You know, as we look at some of the things that we've been talking about as we talk to people is the impact of households that we're still experiencing. And John, I know you've, you've talked to a lot of people about that. I know we're, we're stats guys, and so we love numbers. So what are some of the things that you're hearing? Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, what we're hearing is is you look at that period from June 2020 through, say, 2022. You know, we're, we're still seeing that general inflation had gone from about 0.65% to a high of a little over 9% uh, at its peak. And, you know, basically that if you didn't give your staff a 9% raise, then they're taking a pay cut. You know, one of the challenges is that this inflation isn't uniform. You know, different consumer industries were impacted for varying degrees. If you look at the auto industry, uh, you saw used cars were commanding the same prices during this time period that new cars were. The, the national average car loan payment went from $546 in 2020 to as high as 712 So these are all very real impacts on our staff, on our people. 
And, you know, even locally here in Palm Beach County, if you look at the housing market, it increased almost 76% for medium home prices. They went from about 313000 in 2020 to 456000 in, in 2022. So these are all very real ways that, that our, our folks' wallets are being impacted. No, that's right. We And we all see it and feel it, right? We see it at the grocery store. We feel it at the gas pump. It's even at the fast food uh, drive through line. So even things like general services, you know, plumbers and AC repair people are, are noticeably higher now. And it's because some of the same companies, they're experiencing the same increase in the cost of goods, and they're forced to share the love by passing those increases uh, through to consumers. And so, John, you also talk to our church's givers from time to time. What are you seeing and hearing from from them on some of the impacts that they're experiencing? Yeah, great question, Scott. You know, a lot of what I'm hearing is that, you know, there's this real world everyday impact of inflation um, plus uh, they've got concerns regarding their long-term investments, their retirement plans, um, how it's impacting their their wallets. And if, if one, for instance, would be the stock market losses. You know, we, we've seen, according to CNN Business, the Dow down 9%, the S&P 500 down 19%. NASDAQ down 33%. And, and this is where a lot of our, our members, our families, they, they have their funds and their resources. So to see these kinds of decreases is impacting them in, in their wallets. And then if you look at, at retirement portfolios have, have degraded over that time, your average 401k down 25%, your average pension plan down 15%. So, I mean, in light of these statistics, the truth is that even people who love the Lord and are committed to their local church are sometimes faced with difficult choices when it comes to choosing between putting food on the table, uh, paying student loans, making their mortgage payments, and covering these losses to their 401ks and their retirement funds. Yeah, you're right. So, you know, one of the thoughts is, is, you know, how then are people otherwise who are financially invested in the church, how are they making up that margin? Like, how are they covering the cost of inflation and the negative impact of those retirement plans? And, you know, we, we yeah. see that in potential impact to churches, too. So we talked to a lot of other churches and, you know, there's only so many sources of donor income, right? So you've got people who give out of stored wealth. You've got people who give out of their stock portfolio. Uh, you've got some, uh, albeit limited, who give out of a trust or an inheritance. But the truth is, by and large, most people give out of current employment. And so, you know, of the sources of typical income, the only one that's not really impacted by all of this is trust and inheritances. And even those work off of dividend payments on the principal, which is triggered by, uh, you're right, the stock market and other investments. So, you know, that then also plays into some of the national giving data that's available. And we've looked at some of that. And one report we read from Church Salary, uh, they surveyed 3,000 churches, and they gave us some stats on, on average giving kind of across the nation. And one says the average giving unit, regardless of the size of church, is about $54 per week. And the average uh, for a church of 100 people is about $41 a week. So, if the average giving is is somewhere between forty and fifty five dollars, man, the impact of inflation and and higher insurance costs and mortgage rates and all those things, that really starts to make a difference to to people. And and they do some of those people are then forced to make you know otherwise difficult 
financial decisions. And so as we further talked to some of those churches, we started asking, well, like, you know, what are you guys actually seeing as the impact to, to giving? And we talked to churches from New York and North Carolina, all throughout the Bible Belt, you know, Tennessee and South Carolina. And as we were looking at that, one of the things that we're seeing is is most of them are experiencing fairly significant increase in attendance, but the giving isn't matching. So we, we polled them kind of the first quarter of this year of 2023, and these were across multiple denominations. Uh, the context is both urban and suburban. A number of these are larger churches, and some of them are multi-site. And some of the year-to-date financial performance was we found that most of them were somewhere plus or minus about 3 or 4% year over year. So some were slightly up, some were slightly down, and a number of them were pretty much even with where they were last year. And so churches are experiencing something similar. So we're seeing quantifiable growth in attendance. We're seeing people make decisions for the for the Lord. We're seeing people follow through with baptism. We're seeing people getting connected and in, in attending a church. But the net new revenue isn't necessarily following. And so, you know, so we're all kind of experiencing some of the local impacts on the local economy, the national economy, and churches are trying to figure out how to to deal with some of that. Yeah. And and that's really kind of what we're here for today is to talk about how what are some ways to handle it. You know, but before we kind of get into the nuts and bolts, uh, one thing I'd like to share is just kind of the overall philosophy that we have here at Family Church. And it kind of all keys in on, on three words that Pastor Jimmy gave us uh, really at the beginning of COVID. He talked about the need for, for us as a church staff to be flexible, adaptable, and agile. They were born out of COVID, but they continue to be helpful even, even post-COVID for Family Church. In terms of flexibility, Scott, you've, you've used the example, we'd rather be palm trees than oak trees. Absolutely. Right. If you drive around South Florida after a hurricane, you don't see a lot of palm trees laying on the ground, uh, but, but you do see plenty of others that, that have broken in half and, and because of that inflexibility have, have just been destroyed. Systems, processes, business plans that are rigid tend to snap or break under significant pressure, right? They do. Um, we need to maintain this flexibility in difficult financial times so that we can succeed and, and flourish through it. That second word, adaptable, definition would be the ability or willingness to adjust, pivot, make modifications to your church's operations. Over the last few years, as we've walked through these same economic uncertainties, we've figured out different ways to accomplish the same tasks, maybe more efficiently, maybe more cheaply. Phrases like we've always or we've never have to kind of go out the window. Uh, churches that can't let go of certain programming or processes in order to embrace something different or new are particularly vulnerable to these kind of external impacts. And then the last word that, that Pastor Jimmy gave us is being agile, right? The ability to make modifications quickly and decisively. You know, you can't stay in place terrified to make a decision. You have to act swiftly in a crisis. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, General Patton. He talks about a good plan violently executed now is better than the perfect plan next week. Hmm. And, you know, we, we have to get a good plan, not overcook it, not look for perfection, but just act on it and execute it. And a lot of churches that, that aren't able to do that will struggle during these times. No, that's that's so good. And so, you know, again, as we're talking to these churches, you know, we, we all have some of the same questions. And, and the question is, well, what can we do? 
And uh, and it's a good question. Uh, we get it from a lot of Earth and we ask it ourselves. So some of the things that we're trying to think about are like one is we carefully manage our expenses. So three things that kind of make up the bulk of any church budget is personnel, buildings, and debt service. And by personnel, when we say personnel, we mean compensation. We're talking about benefits. We, we're talking about retirement and the, the cost of training. When we talk about buildings, we're thinking in terms of how to keep them clean, uh, how to do maintenance, how to do repairs and replacements. And then in terms of debt service, we mean both uh, long-term and short-term. So mm -hmm. one thing would be managing your expenses. Number two would be engaging volunteers. You know, So one of the things that we're, we're trying to lean heavily into is is engaging the people, the men and women who are in your church who already have a specialized skill set and they, they have the heart, they want to serve, they want to be a blessing to the church. And a couple of groups we've been looking at is baby boomers. So baby boomers are unique in that they're most of them as a whole, and this is a stereotype, but they're skilled, they're educated. This generation was retiring earlier than previous generations, and they're living longer. So you've got people retiring early, living longer, and some of them have, have honestly just said they're bored stiff. They retired early, but they still have a lot of horsepower. Another group is Gen Zs and Millennials. So, you know, what we hear about this group is they want to do something meaningful. They want to have purpose. They want to make a difference. And so engaging those two groups of, of volunteers, uh, those two generations are also are helpful. And the last thing we, you know, we use pretty heavily bivocational staff and you know, some of the benefits, just economically speaking, are they're not looking for benefits. They don't need fringe. They don't need retirement. They're not even looking for full-time work. They want to serve. They believe God's called them to serve. And we're able to leverage those those skills and those those abilities to help us kind of move move the ball forward. So, John, anything that you would add to, to this list? Uh, yeah, I'd probably add two things. And the first one may seem pretty obvious, but paying close attention to your cash flow. You know, when you're going through a, a difficult economic period, you, you've got to pay attention to what is your cash flow in the short term? Uh, what's it look like over the next couple of weeks? And in the long term, what's it look like in the next six to 12 months? And do you need to make adjustments to make sure that the, the money outlasts the, spe the spending, right? So doing that, paying attention if you have investment strategies, how are they doing? How is the impact of, of inflation and interest rates affecting those investment strategies and making sure that you're being good stewards of where that money is? And, and finally, are you keeping capital reserves in place? You know, as you look at spending and you look at programming, you can't overlook the need to set aside funding for broken air conditioners. I mean, we're in South Florida and that, that's a big one for us, right? Uh, roof replacements and things like that. And so, although it's hard when money gets tight, you still have to pay attention to making sure that you're setting aside money for those capital improvements as they come. No, that's right. And, and you know, I'm glad you said that thinking ahead, you know, so planning ahead, you know, we would encourage churches to ask yourselves certain questions. You know, there's some probably some questions that if you had the time to sit and actually think through and plan ahead, you know, questions like, you know, what did the last three years look like? You know, yeah. what are the trends or patterns that we're seeing in terms of worship attendance or giving or group participation or people volunteering to serve? So all those metrics that different churches are looking at to to gauge or measure engagement. Brainstorming. What would it look like if we had to cut 10 percent or 20 percent or 30 percent out of our operating budget? Uh, questions like, is our spending aligned with our defined uh, mission and vision and strategy? What's our three-year, five-year, 10-year capital spending plan? So again, 
questions that are forcing you to think about more than just the day-to-day operations and actually thinking through what is it that we need to have money set aside for is kind of what you were talking about with capital improvements yeah. and capital expenditures. Yeah. And we think these are all part of having, being able to make healthy financial decisions. Along with that, we think that there are several financial metrics that are important. Things like operating cash and operating reserves, your capital reserves, paying attention to your accounts payable and your debt ratio. And so looking at these things, we we think these are all areas within your financial performance that are important. And we say debt ratio, we know there's there's a number of different debt ratios that you can look at. And for our purposes, we commonly use just a debt to income ratio. It's pretty simple. We look at that and, you know, in, in talking to some of our banking partners, we found out that certain banks and lenders deem a church to be fiscally strong if it directs no more than a third of its operating budget to facility operations and debt service. So again, even talking to some of your industry partners, uh, your financial institution, people in your church that are bankers or lenders can give you some some ideas on some of those things as well. So again, these are all, none of these are in and of themselves what you want to focus on, but collectively they kind of help you decide what the financial health of your church looks like. And so John, what are the, some of the things, you know, you spent a lot of time helping us navigate our own financial matters. So tell you what, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. I want you just, you know, you answer those questions. So what do you think are some of the practical or operational considerations that prevent churches from having a long-term vision of their finances? Uh, it's a great question. I, I would say the first thing happens, it's tyranny of the urgent, right? We're we're so focused on on the now and the programs we're running and and the needs for, for building repair or personnel or that sort of thing that we don't set the time aside to, to put in some planning and, and look further out. So that's the big one that we all have to be disciplined to, to mark that time out and spend time planning. You know, our our accounts payable runs every week or every other week. Every week. Every week. So we, we're worried about the next bills and making sure they're paid. And that distracts us from from planning. And then, I mean, there's the pressure to stay on mission. We exist to, to spread the gospel. And that's the main, most important thing we can do. But that pressure to stay on mission can sometimes lead us to not take the time to just sit down and, and plan a little bit. No, that's right. All right. Another question. What do you think are some of the ways in which churches may, uh, maybe the best way to say this is incorrectly think about their financial resources? Ah, another great one. I think one way might be that programming tends to trump stewardship at times because the programming is so worthwhile and it's so valid that, you know, we make that more important than the stewardship of the resources. Sentences that begin with phrases like we have to, we must, we can't, those tend to distract us into incorrect thinking. You know, another one is kind of an imbalance of that mission and vision and infrastructure. When you look at those th- three things, I mean, we have to spend money on the mission. That's why we exist, right? We, we must spend money on innovation. Growth opportunities have to happen or we become stale and irrelevant. So, so we need to be spending money there. But we also need to spend money on infrastructure to ensure things are operating properly and water's not falling on our heads on a Sunday morning. So, Not, not that that ever happens in any of our nope. – no, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we tend to look at one of those three things and focus all our time and resources in it, and there's got to be a balance. Right? Yeah. No, that's good. So, so last question I think for this is, 
you know, what can you do now to help your church start having a holistic and long-term vision? So if you were talking to a church and, and you were helping them try to answer that question. Uh, well, I would start with bringing other people in, you know, engage your elders, your board, your, your committee or whatever your governing body is that helps you think through big decisions. Don't make these decisions alone. Don't make them in a vacuum, draw in other, you know, other, other brains to help you think it through. And also make sure you're leveraging your personal networks, kind of like the old show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Phone a friend, right? <laughs> That's good. You see what other churches are doing and how they're planning and responding. All right. Well, I think wrapping this up, that's all good stuff, John. Thank you for that. And I know you talk to a lot of churches and are engaged with our givers, and so you're seeing both sides of, of the equation. And so I guess just in terms of a couple of final thoughts, the, the way that we think about our finances here at Family Church is we think there's probably probably three three quick things. One is have a plan. I'm a pretty simple guy, so I need a pretty simple way of thinking about things. So when we say have a plan, when we say that's, that's your annual budget, and the way that we think of our annual budget is we actually refer to it as a spending plan. That means we plan to actually spend the money in a way that helps us fulfill our mission. You know, professional sports franchises are actually great examples of this. They all have a good offense and they all have a good defense, right? So both are crucial to, to victory. You have to play offense, you know, and this, and we say offense for the church, we're talking about things like our programming. It's evangelism, it's outreach, it's discipleship, it's missions. It's all of those components that are all moving us forward or helping us take ground for the kingdom. For me, when we're talking about defense, I think we're talking about processes and procedures and infrastructure and maintenance. It's those things that we think are are designed to help protect us from being vulnerable in certain areas. And so, you know, to your earlier point about being flexible, adaptable, and agile, it's also equally important to be able to make adjustments at halftime. You know, championship caliber teams know when it's time to double down on the original game plan and when it's time to make necessary tweaks and adjustments. I think another thing is operate out of the plate. Managing cash flow is one of the most important things that you and I do, but it's more than just managing the bank account. You know, some easy ways to tell if a church is struggling financially is when they're operating out of designated giving or they're operating out of the proceeds from a land sale or they're operating out of some one-time large gift or an unplanned gift they receive. And look, this isn't us hating on churches who, who find themselves in this situation. What we're asking you to do is think of this as us encouraging churches to pay attention to this is the warning light on the dashboard of your car or truck. When those start going off, that means there's something that needs to be looked at. And so when your expenses are outpacing your income, it can set off a chain reaction. So if you're if you start doing your proactive maintenance, your buildings start to become in disrepair, then you start doing reduced programming because well, we can't use that part of the building. Well, you start shutting down the programming, you know, you end up finding yourself with reduced attendance. Reduced attendance mean you need less staff. And so you, you can see just how this goes on and on and on, that downward spiral. And so we would encourage you to make the most of difficult halftime decisions and do whatever it takes to operate out of your actual income. And the last thing I would say is, is save your surplus. You know, it's super easy to have a, a good month or a good quarter and be a little head and decide, you know, now we're going to go ahead and hire that extra person or we're going to launch that new program or we're going to build that new building and and so on. And, and look, we're for all of those. And to be transparent, we absolutely do all of those. However, 
we're only doing them as part of a predetermined plan or in response to what we would say is prolonged or sustained financial growth, or in it's measured in terms of net new giving units or net new income. So, you know, when we have surplus, we have a plan for it. And that plan is usually to save it and set it aside so that we can take advantage of other opportunities that present themselves down the road. So, well, John, thank you for all that you do for our church and pastor for giving us this opportunity. And this is super, super neat for us. And we're happy to try to be a blessing to other churches as we think through our own finances here at Family Church. Wow. I just have to say that I'm super glad we have people like Scott and John thinking the way that they do. Yeah, I am too. And remember, for all of our listeners, if you're leading a church, you don't have to have somebody on your staff who is thinking about your finances all the time. And many of you don't. But you need to have somebody or some group of people, some team, some committee who's really engaged and invested in focusing on church finances and thinking about the economic conditions that your church is going to have to respond to. Now, if you know of someone who needs to hear about this, you can recommend today's podcast to them, and hopefully that'll be a great place to start. Now, next episode, we're going to counter talk about a recession. We'll talk about engagement. We're going to talk about how we can get more people engaged within the church. So I'm Jimmy Scroggins, signing off for Leslie Bennett, Scott Crawford, and John Fix. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog or follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins. We want to connect with you and learn from you because we're in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us.